Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Zach May from the Duck Creek solution partner team. In today's episode, we're so thrilled to be joined by Busy Cummings, Chief Revenue Officer at Cape Analytics, who share his perspective on how advances in geospatial analytics are helping insurers improve their ability to underwrite, price, and manage residential and commercial property risk. In case you don't know Cape Analytics, they are a property intelligence company that uses AI and geospatial imagery to provide instant property attribute information for buildings across the U.S. Busy, hello and welcome. How are you today? Hey there. Great, Rob. Uh, very excited to be here. Well, welcome, Busy, again, Zach here. Uh, great, great seeing you in Las Vegas at the InsureTech Connect conference a couple weeks ago. It was nice to, nice to be back in person and doing events like that again. Yeah, sure was. Great to see you as well. Yeah, that really is a great event. I uh, unfortunately missed out on it this year since uh, I just decided not to attend, but it's actually where Zach and I first connected, 2018. I think you were going one way, Zach, uh, you know, maybe between sessions, and I was going another way. And yeah, we made the introduction, and three years later, here we are hosting a podcast series together. So uh, yeah, I think uh, content aside, there's definitely a lot of a lot of great people to meet there and connect with. Time flies. Here we are, three years later, exactly right, working in the same company. I love love to see it. Um, but with that, you know, I think. Speaking of the InsureTech Connect conference that just occurred, you know, that, that certainly is a great industry event to showcase lots of different technologies and solutions out in the insurance space. But busy, just just kind of rattling off with our first question for you. What what were some of the key trends, you know, impacting both the home and the commercial property insurance spaces that you might have, you know, seen seen at the event or just otherwise in your day-to-day job? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'd say front and center at InsureTech Connect this year. And, you know, I believe I can't I think it was five years ago now, the very first one, um, obviously skipping last. But the front and center key trend this year really seemed to be climate change um, more than certainly more than it was even just two years ago. Uh, and, and within that climate change focus um, of, of any peril, uh, wildfire really seemed to be top of mind, the main driver and, and concern for, for most of the you know, attendees, carriers who, who were there. Um, you know, going a little bit deeper, as you mentioned, like into residential and commercial with uh, residential, the focus uh, really seems to be on deepening the automation that has been achieved to date. And so, uh, you know, really that goal of obtaining the most accurate property and risk information in, in seconds and integrating that data at time of quote, so very much front of funnel. Um, and you know, to me, this really highlighted the requirements that the carriers now have around you know, sub two second response times to achieve this, um, as well as you know, their, their pursuit of new data sources, uh, both about the property, about the home, but also about the surrounding environment. And that you know, goes back to the, the wildfire and, and you know, peril concern around, you know, vegetation, for example, around the actual structure. Um, on the commercial side, definitely, you know, automation as well. Um, but this is really, I would say, evolving across the commercial market. So now straight through processing, 
picking up more um, momentum in the mid-market commercial, following the trends that have already really been in place in like small commercial and BOP for, for several years now. Sure. And yeah, definitely sounds like there's there's some maybe fair to say similar things happening across both both you know personal home and commercial, but but some key differences as well. So mm-hmm. uh, certainly an interesting perspective. So uh, riffing further on some recent trends, uh, busy. One of your recent blog posts, uh, you guys were talking about how during the COVID nineteen pandemic, the last twelve months, there's been a five hundred thirty three percent increase in backyard swimming pools. And that, you know, these are 812,000 new pools that overall represents a staggering 20% increase in the overall number of pools in the U.S., which I think is uh, crazy. I guess we really love our, our swimming here. And so uh, I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more about that. And to start, um, you know, what states was this trend most prevalent in? Yeah, it, it was a, you know, really fun project that we could run with our data Um you know, because of that analysis that we have of the, the full continental U.S. coverage, and um, yeah, to to answer that, the with so there, there's sort of two ways to look at it. If you just look at sheer numbers of, of pools added, it's probably the 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 likely states that that you might guess. It's uh, Florida, California, you know, New York and Texas, and you know, like I said, just the sheer the the numbers added, and that's given you know population density as well as you know climate. So those line up. Uh, but the interesting, the other interesting piece is when you look at it from a percentage of increase, um, it would be very hard to guess. And, and those states in order um, are uh, Ohio, Massachusetts, Michigan, Illinois, and then Virginia, as far as the uh, the top uh, five. And and some of those states, you know, probably had fewer pools to to begin with, so the percentage, you know, can get can get notched up a little a little faster, but. Um, the other interesting thing is that it, it was about an equal number uh, from a percentage standpoint of in-ground versus above-ground pools added, which I would have thought it would have been more like, you know, 70, 30 above-ground to in-ground, just the sort of ease of, of and, and speed at which to get that, you know, pool. But who knows, with all the deliveries and everything else with uh, the pandemic, maybe it was just harder to get the, uh, the above-ground. So they went and hired team and Doug. Right. That makes sense. And definitely a big change in the risk profile. And so uh, I'm curious, how is this data being utilized to help insurers as they're underwriting new business, processing endorsements and, and renewals? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I'd say, def- I mean, at both ends, the the, the new business, um, you know, what we see generally carriers either are, are, you know, don't have an appetite uh, for a pool. So it will just be an automatic declination or they have a surcharge. And so they're able to capture that. And within the existing book, we actually just ran a, a project uh, this week, earlier this week uh, for a carrier where um, we are identifying where there are pools and they're in force and uh, they're adding that surcharge at, at renewal. And so we just did a, a pilot. They're very pleased with it. And we're going to do that uh, cross country. Right. And so changing gears slightly, um, when it comes to property risk assessments, what would you say are some of the challenges with the traditional approaches to inspecting properties and relying on local property records? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think when, when I look at it, um, the traditional approach with the, you know, local tax assessors, uh, property records and whatnot, it, 
it really is a speed and accuracy. So traditionally, these two things, speed and accuracy, have been at odds and have been a trade-off that carriers have been faced with. Um, so, you know, going a layer deeper inspections, uh, they deliver on accuracy, but they take weeks to complete, right? From order to actual completion. And then public tax record data, it's available immediately. So you accomplish the speed and it can be piped in at time of quote for that sort of traditional prefill, but it lacks accuracy. Um, today, there are, you know, several new data sources uh, in and coming to the market that provide very high accuracy with immediacy. And back to that, you know, sub two second response time delivery via API that carriers you know, require for data be uh, ready and used uh, at time of quote. Got it. So it really sounds like it's, uh, you know, more about making sure that you still have that same accuracy in the data you're capturing, but doing it in a much faster, more efficient way. Absolutely. Yep. It's a, it's, it's the, the, the win-win when you can, when you can have both of those things working in your favor, um, your business is going to be just more profitable at the end of the day. Makes sense. So busy. I, you know, I'd love to hone in on uh, the the concept of of artificial intelligence and machine learning across this industry and how that's used in property intelligence. Things that you know you all might be doing things that other companies are doing out in the space. Um, but you know, could you talk to us in the audience really just about how geospatial imagery and artificial intelligence and machine learning solutions are really enabling insurers to overall better understand their property risk at hand? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So imagery, it's without a doubt become a great resource for the industry. You know, six years ago, when when I came into the space with Cape and Cape came into the space, uh, imagery and the value of and how to leverage was really still just being scratched at. Um, Today, it's, it's undisputed imagery, be it aerial, be it satellite, uh, be it drone, is an extremely valuable resource that the industry uh, needs to and is leveraging. Um, but it is the application of computer vision machine learning on top of that and uh, to allow for the extraction of data from imagery that has now made this not only an efficient uh, source of data, but an objective source of data rather than subjective because when you know uh, humans uh, are looking at imagery and deciphering what's going on that's going to be subjective you're going to have disagreement if the three of us are are looking at the same picture of what may be going on but when you can train a model to do this it, it becomes objective and, and consistent um, and you know then from there you now have an unstructured data source that is imagery converted into a structured data source, and you can get the additional benefits, which now are really those requirements of uh, speed and scale along with that accuracy. And that's you know sort of going back to what we were, we were talking about before. And and narrowing in on the data, Busy, I mean, how, how granular is the data that you are able to collect and, and what other people are able to collect with just all of the different new ways of doing things out there are? Yeah. Um, Really, I, I mean the, the the imagery sources and our and our partners they they just continue to get uh, you know better capture systems, better camera systems, more frequency, 
Um, so, so that's just a, a, a continuously, you know, improving source. And then anything that, you know, human, anything that the three of us could, uh, pick out of an image. And I should say anything that appears with consistency that we could pick out of an image, um, our algorithms can identify with just as high level of accuracy and granularity as a human can. So, you know, the consistency piece is what what is uh, core or foundational to a model, uh, uh, a computer vision machine learning model being built, right? So if you say, let's, you know, identify pink dog houses, we're probably not gonna be able to find enough of those to uh, train a model to to pick out, you know, uh, across the country, but if it's if it's like we were talking about swimming pools or diving boards in swimming pools or slides in swimming pools, um, down to that level of gran granularity, we can pick out. So you know, roof condition um, is it is it an excellent roof or is it a is it a severe condition roof? Uh, is there yard debris? Um, is what's the yard overall yard condition? Um, uh, we actually go down to pool condition. Um, is there water in the pool? Is there not? Is it is it is it brown or or green water? Or is it blue water? Um, I mentioned you know diving boards and and slides, um, cover roof covering material, roof complexity, um, and then in back to the you know peril and wildfire. Um, you know very accurate building footprints and the brush cutback or 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 mitigation. You know uh, creation of defensible space around the home. Uh, and specifically down to the first 10 feet of the perimeter home, which has been proven uh, to be a direct correlation with risk. And the beautiful thing there is it's also uh, able to be, you know, taken care of or mitigated by the, by the homeowner. Um, so a highly, highly granular, highly accurate uh, delivery of, of, of data being extracted from uh, CBML models from imagery. Sure. And, and is it fair to say, Busy, I mean, you, you kind of noted on this this concept of subjective data made by a human perhaps in a with a you know in-person inspection that that Rob kind of asked you about earlier versus the objective data that you might be gathering from these images and and, and other models and algorithms um, you know I guess it's fair to say that the better imagery and the more up-to-date imagery you know a carrier could have um, the, the more uh, objective data that they're going to be running through their risks and their processes and really having a better gauge on, on all of that rather than maybe the human eye would come back with. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, you bring up, you know, in, inspectors. And I, when I was mentioning the human element, I was thinking more, you know, uh, folks that would still be leveraging the imagery rather than being on site. And so, you know, basically like underwriter kick out. And if, if, um, or, or if it's just underwriter review of an image uh, because of certain things, but they're not leveraging the AI. And so um, they're starting from square one to say, okay, it, what, you know, what is the condition of this roof? What is, is there, you know, debris in the yard? And you have, uh, you know, five or 15 underwriters, they, they're gonna come back with a very degree, varying degree of, of, of results. And so when you can remove that subjective view and, Put an algorithm in place, and then you're you're consistent with say your roof condition rating. Um, that's you know that that's super important. Uh, now, to the actual on-site inspector, um, there's going to be some things you know that that an on-site inspector picks up that that we just can't decipher from aerial imagery. Um, so you know if it's you know 
something that's happening under the eaves of the roof, for example, or crack foundation. Um, we're not going to, you know, pick those things up. However, where we really go, you know, sort of hand in glove with with the inspection model or deployment is uh, what we refer to as inspection optimization. So we allow for better allocation of spend and return on investment for the inspectors um, because we can point those resources towards the properties that truly need them um, that aren't either a clear, you know, distressed property that might just be kicked out automatically or isn't a clear, you know, green light, what we might call the, the, the speed pass, you know, versus the toll booth uh, because everything looks to, to be in pristine condition. And, and that those are risks where when a carrier does send an inspector, they're not getting a, an action rate out of it, right? So why spend those dollars and time to inspect when everything's A plus? And so that's where CAPE really comes in with directing inspection resources, increasing the, the, the uh, action rate within uh, each inspection. And uh, we refer to that, like I said, as inspection optimization. That makes total sense. Yeah, and I, I think we've heard this before in other other episodes that you know this technology it's it's helping helping the inspectors uh, focus on the tasks that really matter to them and let the let the algorithms let the computer take care of the obvious use cases where it's yes clearly this is uh, it, this is something that that doesn't require further further inspection I think that's a that's a, a good point our our listeners will definitely appreciate yeah it's a win for both the carrier and the homeowner right so. So, uh, so busy. Uh, I know you're saying five years ago we were just kind of scratching the surface with uh, with uh, remote intelligence, and today it sounds like we've gone a lot. We've we've come a long way from just identifying that there's a pool to, as you were saying, there's slides, there's uh, you know, there's a diving board and so forth. And so, if you were to take out your crystal ball and look five to ten years into the future, what do you see as the future of remote intelligence for property risk? Yeah. Um... Yeah, and you mentioned slides. It just got me thinking. We, I don't know that we found a pool yet with multiple slides in it, but I'll have to go ask the team. That would be, that'd be a fun spot. <laughs> um, we all love water slides. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I as I look out, um, I, I see a world that's absolutely driven by remote intelligence, um, instant underwriting, and even pre-underwriting uh, with carriers being able to cherry pick the best risks according to their eligibility criteria. Um, and, and then this you know, feeds right into uh, sort of leading with that claims prevention. Um, and, and that's going to be really important um, as you know, to, to achieve these things, uh, bringing, bringing together multiple data sources is, is what's gonna drive this in, in my opinion. And I think generally uh, across uh, you know, the folks that play in the space that we do, um, but you know those multiple data sources, that's both geospatial analytics as we've been talking about primarily, you know, imagery, um, but also other, other property information. And there's gonna be new you know, novel sources coming to, to, to light all, all the time. Um, and so combining these data sources with AI with artificial intelligence to come up with the most accurate uh, and predictive information to really price risk hyper accurately from the start um, at that you know instantaneous uh, point of quote 
that's um, that's where it's going, and I, I believe that's you know sort of the 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 vision of 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 most. I think there's a lot of alignment there, and and when we achieve that, it's going to really cut a lot of complexity out of the out of the current workflow. I mean, it's just bringing using all the resources to front load it and and give that correct answer at you know just at, at immediately rather than going through all these sort of hurdles or gating factors over the course of you know minutes or hours or sometimes days or weeks if you're bringing inspection into it and just collapsing that entire uh, time frame to to give the the right answer upfront instantaneous and yeah you know that's that we won't be there tomorrow um we won't be there in you know 12 18 24 months probably but i think that's the the five to ten year uh, outlook gotcha yeah no really exciting stuff and uh i'm sure everyone is uh is is amped to ensure that their their underwriters their adjusters they're out there focusing on the big the big uh you know the big challenges and where they're really needed and and not as we were saying before um, you know, going through these long, long cycles to capture all the information and really come to conclusions. So summarizing today's conversation, I mean, we, we've clearly touched on a, n- a number of different areas, you know, things such as climate change and the importance of, of up-to-date imagery and really the granularity of some of the data sources that are available today and even Busy's take on where, where the space might be heading here in the future. Um, but busy, uh, just wanted to ask, would you have anything else you'd like to add, uh, on today's episode? No, I've really enjoyed our, our time together. And, uh, it's, uh, just say overall, it's a really exciting time to be part of the industry with the change that's going on and the, and the betterment across it. Um, and, and myself and Kate, we're very pleased to be a, a longtime partner of Duck Creeks, uh, with a, you know, integrated solution in, into policy. Thank you, Busy. We are excited and proud to be your partner as well. Thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to highlight that at Duck Creek, we have an integration with Cape Analytics. Cape Analytics geospatial imagery and information about a building's roof, including type, materials, and condition, alongside with pool and tree coverage, can be pulled into Duck Creek policy and rating to enable insurers to make smarter and faster underwriting and pricing decisions. To learn more about our integration with Cape Analytics, go to duckcreek.com slash partner slash cape hyphen analytics. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other great episodes and subscribe to Conversations on the Creek on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on duckcreek.com. We'll see you soon.